John Kerry has touched down in China to talk climate and what a time to arrive. The Northern Hemisphere is sweltering under record heat waves. China no different as well. So what's he hoping to achieve? I'm Aaron Young. We're going to find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Welcome to the program. So Europe is sweating, as you know, and under a heat dome, which is pushing temperatures to the high 40s. They're expected to sit for another week or so, yet Death Valley in California hit 53 degrees over the weekend. China set a new all-time temperature record as well when the western province of Xinjiang hit 52 degrees. This is the scene John Kerry, the US climate envoy, arrives in China to kick start climate talks between the world's two largest polluters. He is, of course, far from the only U.S. official to visit China in these recent months, following the Secretary of State Antony Blinken and the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen as well. So will Kerry fare any better? Let's bring in Tickers Asia correspondent Adam Hancock now for us too. Adam, obviously a lot of high hopes for these talks. We've seen the Secretary of State, we've seen the Treasury Secretary, now we see John Kerry as well. Um, how do the U.S. and China deal? What is there any agreement when it comes to climate? Well, funnily enough, climate really is one of the only areas where both of them have a mutual understanding and a kind of mutual respect, really, that both countries need to do something. Um, and it's within both countries' benefits, really, to get something done on climate. And even when tensions have been very high between Washington and Beijing, which is a relatively common occurrence, particularly over the last few years, still there have been some conversations about climate. It's one area, really, where they can find some agreements. And we saw even at the last uh, COP meeting in Glasgow, there was a joint statement released between the US and China. So even when things have been very tense elsewhere with all the other geopolitical issues between the two countries, climate has always been an area where they've been able to find some common ground. And John Kerry in particular, the US climate envoy, he has a very good relationship uh, with some of his counterparts in China. And he's able really to kind of try and shelter those climate talks away from some of the greater tensions between the two. And in terms of this one particular trip, we're not really expecting any huge announcements or any huge deals, but really there's more just a sense of relief from people watching that actually these two are having conversations and, you know, it's coming off the back of other high profile conversations between the US and China in recent months. And yeah. a lot of these, these climate talks now are setting the groundwork for the next COP meeting, which is which is due in Dubai later this year, where it's hoped that the US and China are going to turn up at that meeting on relatively good terms, particularly when it comes to climate, and they might be able to come to some form of bigger agreement at the COP meeting. I mean, it's easier said than done, right? China's often been seen as a holdout when it comes to climate because they've got 1.3 billion people to feed and to keep warm during those cold Chinese winters. And they buy a lot of coal from countries like Australia as well. Uh, climate being something that they say, look, we want to do something about, but we've got to deal with this issue as well. Um, how do you think John Kerry will be received? You say he's got a lot of kind of friends in high places. Obviously there he's been around on the US scene for quite some time. But when it comes to the bureaucracy and the people in charge of China, China, there's been a lot of change since he was last in a senior role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's been a lot of change in the leadership in China, as you rightly say, over over the last few months and even the last few years, really. But I still think he will be relatively well received. I don't think John Kerry is, is seen as a threat, really. I, I think he's well respected enough within all diplomatic circles and even in China as well. So I don't I don't think he will be seen as a threat. And I think China, you know, obviously they 
are committed still to coal. I think it was in 2022, they applied for a record number of permits for coal mines, but they are also doing a lot of work when it comes to uh, renewable energy, uh, solar panels, electric vehicles. There definitely is a drive in China to try and make things better when it comes to reducing these carbon emissions. And I think actually they will be willing to speak to John Kerry about what they can do alongside the USA. Both of those countries are the two largest emitters um, of methane gases um, out of every country in the world. So I think they both understand that they have a role to play in this and other countries will actually follow them if they can find some kind of deal. And it, you remember back to, I think it was 2015 when we had the Paris Climate Accord and China and the US were both well involved with that. Obviously times have moved on and a lot has, a lot has changed with that through Donald Trump, through the tensions between the US and China, but it shows actually what can be done when the two sit down together. Look, I got to say, you got to watch this with a bit of a face of comedy here. I mean, these are two of the world's largest greenhouse gas emitters. They're also two of the world's largest militaries. And if you go through the numbers of the largest carbon emitters, the United States military sits there as the top emitter of the world when it comes to an organization, because obviously of so much of what they do trekking around the world um, and China wouldn't be too far behind. So on the one hand, you've got the military side, which you've had Anthony Blinken there trying to allay concerns and get back on when there's a huge buildup of arms in the region, both from China, the United States, countries like Australia and Japan and South Korea. This is all greenhouse gas emissions. And then you've got John Kerry turning up saying, hey, while all that's happening, let's try and find a way to come to some sort of agreement on climate change. Yeah, you, you are right. There is an element of this being almost a little bit comical, really because it does feel like they're having these talks in a little bit of a bubble and then everything else is going on around them and they've got little control over that. And I think that was one of the overriding feelings going into this visit really is, yes, it's great that John Kerry is there and able to have these conversations with his counterparts in China, but how much really can he achieve? And also I think one of the biggest worries, and it kind of comes back to the point you're making about the military buildup uh, in the Pacific region, and the tensions between Washington and Beijing is that these two countries, you know, they don't like each other. It's very clear they that they are struggling to find any common ground in, in most areas. And the relationship is on such a knife edge. We saw it earlier this year when we had that spy balloon incident and it cancelled Anthony Blinken's trip. Mm. And the fear is, is that, yes, they can sit down and have talks about climate change and trying to reduce emissions. But what's going to happen when the next incident happens between both countries when the next flare up comes you know will will they be able to continue will any deal last between uh, china and the us or will one of them effectively throw their toys out of the pram and say we're not going to communicate anymore so in a way you almost have to feel a little bit for john kerry because he's trying to navigate diplomacy and also trying to find a solution on climate change and that's almost impossible really yeah, well, the idea is they're going to have an in-depth exchange. That's what he said that he's hoping to have. That compares to what we saw from Janet Yellen last week in China, where she was said to have had a fully frank exchange with the Chinese uh, when it comes to the economy. It's interesting um, how we've kind of, it started off with the CEOs, right? You had Elon Musk and you had, um, you know, all these Tim Cook from Apple heading to China over the past few months, essentially paving the way for the diplomats to come through and the politicians to come through. Then it was Anthony Blinken, obviously not a huge amount in common between Anthony Blinken and uh, Xi Jinping's top leaders there uh, when it comes to how they view the world, how they view things, for example, in Ukraine or in the uh, in the region around Taiwan. 
And then it moves to the economy, and now it moves to climate. It was pretty clear from Janet Yellen's comments last week that climate was the thing that the United States finally felt like they could find some common ground. Yeah, yeah, she did make that very clear, and 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 she's right, really. It is the it's the one area that both of them seem to be able to have talks because they have so many disagreements, whether it comes to human rights, whether it comes to the economy. Uh, when it comes to relationships with other countries and effectively who is policing the world or who is trying to police the world. So it seems the climate is the one area that they can both get behind. And that's largely because they're, they're both going to suffer. You know, we're seeing these extreme weather events in the USA and China at the same time. You know, John Kerry lands into China, about 45 degrees heat at the moment in northern parts of the country. So they can both see that and they can both also see the potential economic issues that will come if things aren't done to try and reduce carbon emissions. So I think really they're both looking at climate as a way, as almost saying, look, we know we're both in trouble with this, so we've got to do something about it and everything else we can kind of forget that, but this is one thing that's going to harm us both. So, but it was actually just going back to the other part of your point, it was very interesting how China was very welcoming at first to the CEOs, like Elon Musk and Bill Gates went there and how that has sort of slowly paved the way for then the diplomats to arrive. And I guess, you know, China sees opportunities with working, for example, with Elon Musk or Bill Gates. Uh, but they know that for that to work, they also need to have a semi-stable relationship yeah. with the US. So perhaps it does make sense the, <laughs> the order that that happened in. All right. We'll leave it there for now. Adam Hancock, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. And that is the program for now. For more, you can head to ticketnews.co. I'll see you soon.